0: Well, this past Sunday, we began a new series called It's Okay. Say, It's Okay. It's Okay. Now, last Sunday, I said, It's Okay to Say No. Uh, How many of you practiced this this past week? How many said no about something? A lot of hands A lot of hands going up. We talked about saying no to unrealistic expectations and, and no to unhealthy relationships. We talked about saying no to unrighteous demands. We talked about saying no to unqualified opinions. And we talked about saying no to an unbalanced life. It's okay to say no. Now, if you have not heard this message, I urge you to go online and, and watch the recording. Well, today I'm going to tell you that, that, that it's okay to fail. Wait. What? It's okay to fail? Did you say that? Absolutely. You heard it right. It's okay to fail. Now, let me clarify. Clarify, all right? I'm not encouraging you to fail. I'm not challenging you to fail. I'm saying if and when you do fail, it's okay. Why? Because you can recover. Why? Because you can get through it. Why? Because the sun is still going to rise in the morning and you're still going to live to face another day. I want to give you five things to do when you fail. First thing you need to do when you fail is this, and that is acknowledge the fact that everybody fails. Yeah, I acknowledge the fact that everyone fails. See, no one escapes failure. Now, we need to understand that sometimes failure is sin. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, Paul writes and he says, all have sinned. How many? All, All, he says, have sinned and fall short of God's glorious standard. So sometimes failure is sin, but sometimes, sometimes we fail and it's not a sin. It's simply a mistake. Proverbs 24 and verse 16 says the godly may trip seven times, but they will get back up every time. What should we do about our failures? Well, first of all, we should acknowledge the fact that everybody fails, even the best of the best. Hebrews chapter 11 has been called God's hall of fame of faith. It's a list of superstars in the Bible. It's it's a list of, of the best of the best. You'll find recorded in there names like Noah and Abraham and Moses and David and a host of other superstars, heroes of the faith. But I want you to notice that every single one listed in God's Hall of Fame of Faith failed at some point. Every one of them. If you'll read the story, you'll find that Noah got drunk and he was the first streaker being found naked in his tent. Abraham lied about who his wife was. Moses killed an Egyptian, disobeyed God, and he whined a lot. David committed adultery and was hypocritical. Hey, if you have failed, you're in good company. You're in good company because everyone has failed at something and at some point. It might be a relationship. It might be finances. It might be morality or parenting or leadership and the list goes on and on. It's absolutely endless because every one of us fails. I want to make this statement this morning. It's very important. Some people fail to try while others fail trying. And let me say this this morning. It's much better to fail trying than to fail to try. Henry C. Link said, he said, while one person hesitates because, because he feels inferior, the other is busy making mistakes and becomes superior. Superior. Dr. Sam Chan, leadership guru, calls failure the womb of success. Failure doesn't have to be final. It doesn't have to be final. Colonel Sanders, let me know who Colonel Sanders is. Colonel Sanders, the founder of Kentucky Fried Chicken, had his famous chicken recipe rejected 1,009 times. That's a lot of failure. And yet you can find his finger licking good chicken in just about every city of any size. Sylvester Stallone was turned down 1,500 times when he was trying to sell his script and sell himself for the blockbuster movie, Rocky. Thomas Edison tried 10,000 times to make the first light bulb before he got it to light up. It's okay to fail as, as long as you don't quit. It's okay to fail as long as you're willing to keep on trying. Yeah. Five things to do about failure. Number one, acknowledge the fact that everyone fails. Number two, you need to admit your failure. Second thing you need to do with it is you need to admit it. Proverbs 28 verse 13 says, people who cover up their sins will not prosper, but if they confess and if they turn from them, they will receive mercy. Here's what we need to do with our failures. That is, we need to take ownership and don't make excuses. Yeah, when we fail, we need to take ownership of the failure and don't make excuses. Excuses. See, see, we will stall out and not be able to move forward after we fail unless we take ownership, unless we refuse to make excuses. But that's been man's problem all along, right? That's been man's problem from the very beginning. Amen. Eve blamed the serpent and Adam blamed his wife. Let me ask you this morning, who are you blaming? Who are you blaming? Are you blaming your spouse? Are you blaming your parents? Are you blaming the government? Are you blaming society? Are you blaming the economy? Are you blaming the pandemic? Who 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 are you blaming for your failure? See, you will never recover from your failure until you take ownership of it and stop making excuses. Somebody wisely said, if something is important to you, you will find a way. If it's not, you'll find an excuse. Let me give you the third thing to do with your failure. That is, you need to analyze your failure. You need to analyze it. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5 says, Examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. It says, test yourself. Here's what we need to remind ourselves, and that is our failures provide us with great learning experiences. Yeah, the failures, the times that we fail, the times that we fall, the times when we miss the mark, they the, the, they provide us a great learning experience. See, see, most of our successes are a byproduct of the lessons we learned through our failures. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So don't just get through your failures, learn from them, become better because of them. Proverbs chapter 2, verses 3 and 4 says, cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them like hidden treasures. Proverbs 15 and 5 says, whoever learns from correction is wise. Proverbs 18 and 15 says, intelligent people are always ready to learn. Their ears are open for knowledge. Let me ask you this morning, what do you do when you fail? What do you do? Do you ignore it? Do you find someone to blame it on? Do you make excuses? Well, pastor, what should we do? Well, we should analyze it. Analyze it. We should, we should retrace our steps. Yeah. Find out what we did wrong. Where did we go wrong? Were we with people that we should not have been with? That's good. That's good. Did we not seek wise counsel before we made the decision? Did we react in haste? Did we not do our due diligence? Did we ignore the warning signs? Was the check engine light going off in our spirit, but we just continued to drive on? Hear me this morning. It's okay to fail, but it's not okay to fail without learning. It's not okay to fail without learning the lessons that the failure could teach us. It's not okay to, to keep repeating the same failure over and over and over and over. Analyze your failure. Our failure provides us with great learning experiences. Let's look at the fourth thing that we should do when we fail. We're moving right on, aren't we? We'll probably slow down somewhere. Don't get your hopes up. Amen. Fourth thing that we ought to do when we fail, and that is we should apply what we have learned from our failure. Yeah, apply what you have learned. See, see the learning process is not finished when we get the information. Right. See, write this down this morning. Information without implementation is useless. Paul wrote to the church in Philippi and he told them this. He said in Philippians chapter four and verse number nine, he says, put into practice, put into what, put into practice all you learned from me. And he says, everything that you heard from me and saw me doing, do it. Paul was the first one to say, just do it. See, one of the reasons why we fail is because we don't implement the information that we receive. I've been in ministry in October of this year. It will be 50 years full time in ministry. It's incredible for a man 53 years old. But there are things that I said and things that I did in my early ministry that I don't say and I don't do anymore. Why? They didn't turn out so well. Didn't turn out so well. So I have learned some very valuable lessons through my failures. I could say the same thing in the area of relationships. I have learned that just because something goes through your mind, that doesn't necessarily mean that it ought to pop out of your mouth. Here's what I know this morning. Anyone who doesn't apply what they learn from their failure is doomed to repeat it. And how often have you seen this? Someone... Fail time and time and time and time and time again in the same area. Hey, I don't know about you, but I, I, I see it this way. Having to go through the failure once is enough. Right? Why put yourself through it again? Benjamin Franklin said, forget your mistakes, but remember... What they taught you. Amen. Good saying, Ben. Hey, we've got some people going to be baptized in water this morning. I'm going to let you go at this time and get ready. If you guys will move very quickly and quietly and and get ready real quickly. and I don't know how many is being baptized in this service. I think we have about 10 all in all, but a couple, I think, in, in the service this morning. But if you'll go ahead. Amen. All right, let's look at the fifth thing that we should do when we fail, and that is we should accept God's mercy for our failure. Accept God's mercy for your failure. Listen to these scriptures. Micah chapter 7 and verse 18 says, who is a God like you who delights in mercy? See, I think we see God wrong. We see God so often as, you know, this big mean bully in the sky with this big old billy club, you know, just, just, I mean, just anticipating, just sitting on the edge of his throne, just waiting for us to get out of line so he can whack us around a little bit. That's not God. That's not God. Micah 7 and 18, who is a God like you who delights in what? Smacking us around now, who delights in mercy. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5 says, our God is rich in mercy. You know, we talk about grace a lot, and we ought to since how we are the grace, grace place, Right? Sometimes I have to remind some of our people we're the grace place, not the law place. But we talk about grace a lot. But don't forget about God's mercy. Now, we understand that grace is God's unmerited love and unmerited favor. Grace is God doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Grace is is God giving to us what we have not earned and do not deserve. How many are thankful for grace? But I'm also equally grateful and thankful for mercy. Mercy. Because mercy is God not giving to us what we have earned, not giving to us what we deserve. Like his judgment, like his wrath, like his punishment for our sin. We deserve it. We deserve it. We already read it. All of sin and fall short of the glory of God. We deserve God's wrath. We deserve punishment for our sin. But because of his mercy, he withholds his wrath. He withholds his punishment for our sin. Instead, he put his only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, upon the cross. And he he poured out his wrath and his punishment for sin on his very own son. Hallelujah. Instead of pouring his wrath and, and, and punishment out on us, he poured it out on, on Jesus. What should we do when we fail? Especially if our failure is an actual sin and not just a mistake. Well, first of all, we should repent of it repent of it we should tell God that we are sorry for our sin and we need to we, we should ask him to help us learn learn from our failure and ask him to help us not repeat it and here's what I believe this morning and that is if we are sincere God will do just that 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 9 says if we confess our sins if we what hide them ignore them If we confess our sins, then he is faithful and he is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How much? Oh, but you don't know about this thing. You don't know about that. You don't know about how much? All unrighteousness. See, the difference between the way man forgives and the way God forgives is this, and that is unlike man, God forgives and he forgets. He forgives and he forgets. Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 12 says, God says, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins will I remember no more. I have a word for somebody here this morning and the word is, don't hang on to what God has let go of. I said, "Don't, don't hang on to what God has let go of. And that's exactly what is happening in some of people's lives. Some of you here this morning are, are still holding on to your failures in the past. Oh, oh, maybe it was a horrendous failure. Maybe it was a heartbreaking failure. Maybe it was really a bad, but, 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 but you're holding on. You're holding on to the failures in the past, even though you've already repented, even though you've already asked God to forgive you, and even though God has already done it, and yet you're hanging on to what God has already let go of. And some of you this morning are still holding on to someone else's failure. Somebody else's failure. Somebody failed you. They didn't do what they said they would do. They, they betrayed you. They, 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 they stabbed you in the back. They hurt you. They broke your heart. Oh, whatever it is. Oh, oh something that somebody did to you. And, and yes, it hurts. And yes, it's deep. And yes, it's bad. Uh, but, but don't hold on to it gotta let it go amen Amen. now I could suggest a long list of possibilities this morning but I don't want to I don't want to open up old wounds that's exactly what we have a tendency to do isn't it open up old wounds you know most of us have never grown up you know remember when you was a little kid and you've you, you fell down and scraped your knee and, and it bled, you know, and you got some sympathy for it, you know, and, you know, you got some, uh, got some stuff sprayed on it, you know. Uh, you know, my mom was a, the old-fashioned mom. She put some of that iodine on it. How many ever had that iodine on it? You know what I'm talking about? I mean, that's what you feel like. I'm going to die. But then, but then, man, you got, that, you got that, uh, that warrior patch, you know, that Band-Aid, right? You got that Band-Aid so everybody knew you had a boo-boo. Everybody knew you had hurt yourself and you got some attention from your boo-boo. And over time, what happens? It begins to scab over, right? It begins to scab over, but what did you do as a little kid? You picked at it, Right? You picked at it. If you would just leave it alone, it would heal, it would fall off on its own, and it would be great. But now, now you gotta pick at it. You gotta pick at it. You gotta see if it's still bleeding. Yeah, it's still bleeding. Well, I wonder if it's bleeding more. Yeah, it's still and so and so you just pick that and pick it. It took forever. The littlest, tiniest scrape took forever to get over because you're always pulling the scab off. Well, that's the way we are in life so often, with our own life and our own failures. And that is if we would just leave it alone, if we would just put it in the hands of the Lord. If we would just repent of it, if we would just ask the Lord to help us and then leave it in the Lord's hands, amen, it would scab over and it wouldn't be very long, it would be totally gone, but no, 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 we got to pick at it, we got to pick at it and keep it bleeding and keep it bleeding and it hardly ever, if ever, heals. Yeah. Yeah, true. It's so true. Amen. Stop it. Stop it. Don't hang on to what God has let go of. If we have repented, then God has let go of it. He purposely chooses to forget it. Let me give you three things that you need to do with your sin. When you sin, these three things you need to do. Number one, you need to admit it. But then number two, you need to quit it. And if you admit it and you quit it then you forget it. Amen? Amen. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 he says whoever or anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. A few years ago there was a very popular song and I just, I, I loved the song for the words. And the title of that song was What Sin? And it goes like this, it happened so long ago and I cried out for mercy back then. I plead the blood of Jesus, begged him to forgive my sin but I still can't forget it, it just won't go away. So I wept again, Lord, wash my sin. But this is all he'd say. What sin? What sin? Well, that's as far as the east is from the west. What sin? What sin? It was gone the very minute you confessed, buried in the sea of forgetfulness. The heaviest thing you'll carry is a load of guilt and shame. You were never meant to bear them, so let them go in Jesus' name. Our God is slow to anger, quick to forgive our sin. So let him put them under the blood. Don't bring them up again. Because he'll just say, what sin? What sin? Well, that's as far as the east is from the west. What sin? What sin? It was gone the very minute you confessed, buried in the sea of forgetfulness. Lord, please deliver me from my accusing memory. Nothing makes me weak this way. Then when I hear you say, oh, what sin, what sin? Well, that's as far away as the east is from the west. What sin, what sin? It was gone the very minute you confessed, buried in the sea of forgetfulness. Accept God's mercy for your failure. Don't hang on to what God has let go of. The takeaway for the message this morning is this. Don't allow yesterday's failure stop you from today's success. Amen. Father, I just pray that you'll take this incredible word. I'm talking about my sermon this morning. I'm talking about your word. Oh, God, I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful, God, not only for your, for your grace, but also for your, for your mercy. God, I thank you that you don't, you, don't, you don't discard us. You don't throw us away when we fail, when we fall. God, you even said in your word that the righteous man will fall seven times, but he will, he will get back up. God, I pray for those today that maybe have failed, maybe they've fallen, but God, today, let them be encouraged today. God, let them receive your grace and your mercy today. God, for those, God, that, Lord, that are holding on to the failures of the past, even though they're under the blood and you don't even remember it, they're holding on to it and it's holding them back and keeping them down and keeping them from of your best best plan for them